Well, hello, and welcome to the e-commerce evolution podcast, where we bring you the best of what's new and what's next in e-commerce. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And our mission with this show is to interview the top merchants, the top marketers, and the experts shaping the e-commerce industry. My guest today is Steve Deckert, co-founder of Smile.io, formerly Sweet Tooth. And today we're talking all about rewards programs for e-commerce. I'm so excited about this topic and excited to dive in and give you some tips and kind of the future of rewards. And so it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Steve, man, thanks for joining us and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, I really like uh, the opportunity you've given us to talk about rewards and, you know, the new brand and everything that's going on. Uh, we've been kind of quiet for the past year or so. So it's nice to finally be able to talk about all of the exciting things that we have going on. Yeah, absolutely. And lots of cool stuff to talk about with Smile.io. And we're going to dive into some of the ins and outs of rewards programs, how you guys can make those work better for you. And uh, Steve and I had a chance to hang out at IRCE this year. Uh, we were both kind of near Shopify Row or Shopify. I just made that term up. I don't know what it's actually called, but the <laughs> Shopify area. Uh, we were both kind of over in, in that neck of the woods. And, and so we got to connect some. And of course, you know, Sweet Tooth has been a leader in the in the e-commerce industry as far as uh, points and rewards programs. And and so let's let's dive right in because there's some some good lessons here, I think, to Steve in terms of what merchants should be thinking about. But why did you guys change your name to smile.io and any, any significance there with the name that's always kind of fun right yeah so we i mean our our mission is really to create beautiful experiences for people um that that's really it um so the reason why we changed our name from smile to from sweet tooth to smile is that you know sweet tooth for the markets that we served it it meant points it meant loyalty points and loyalty programs for so many people um and we started looking at you know what people were asking us to do and what kind of programs were successful, um, and they weren't always points programs. Sometimes they are, but they're not always loyalty point programs. The actually the number one sales objection that we would get was that I love what you guys do, uh, I just don't want to run a points program. So uh, we kind of we took we went back to the drawing board. Um, and, uh, just recently we've released some functionality where, uh, we can not only do loyalty programs, but we can also do VIP programs that are independent of loyalty points for that. So that's where, you know, if someone spends over a certain amount, they can get upgraded from like a bronze tier to a silver tier and a silver tier to a, a gold tier. And there's different exclusive benefits that are unlocked when you, when you get those that aren't necessarily loyalty points. We're also doing referral programs too, where, you know, if someone is a brand advocate and they love it, they love a brand, uh, they can refer their friend and that friend can get a discount or, uh, and the person who refers them could get a free gift or, or anything. So those are, those are both independent of loyalty points. And in order for us to release those kind of features, we needed to get away from, from being sweet tooth, uh, which was associated with loyalty points. And, uh, in the future, you know, any kind of program that makes a customer smile, um, you know, any experience that makes a customer smile uh, is, you know, we hope to power that. So we're looking beyond just loyalty points programs and and really kind of drilling it down to first principles. And at the end of the day, if you make a customer smile, that's a good experience for them. And they're much more likely to come back, spend more, tell their friends and, and do all these things that are valuable. Absolutely. And and I love that you guys have have uh, broadened your, your offerings there. And I think it was a great move on, on your part. Love the idea of VIP programs and, 
and referral programs as well. I think a lot of people listening are going to immediately say, okay, I, I know I'm either running a loyalty program or I'm not and I know that I should. But for anybody that's kind of on the fence, why should someone consider a loyalty program because uh, I know I know you've talked about it in the past, you know, taking someone from a visitor to a purchaser, purchaser to a, a repeat purchaser, and then repeat purchaser to a brand advocate. Um, so talk a little bit about the about the why, because I think that's always important to to get some motivation. Why should we invest the time and money into creating a, a loyalty program? Yeah, yeah, and 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 you know, loyalty programs or retention programs, any way that you want to keep your customers coming back, um, they're very profitable. Um, I mean, the, the first reason why I always say is because it, it's kind of something that I believe in. Um, it's I believe in treating customers uh, in, a, in a good way that makes them smile. I, I believe that, you know, people should have good experiences. But, you know, getting into the uh, into the business reasons behind it. It's a little, um, it's it's a little fluffy, Steve. It's a little. Yeah. A little hard to <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I still um, like it. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, you know, 8 percent of a site's visitors uh, are responsible for over 40% of a site's revenue. Um, and that's, uh, that's a digital marketing study that was done by Adobe. Um, and I mean, you, you hear this all of the time. You, you might hear it as being the Pareto principle where 20% uh, of a site's visitors are responsible for 80% of uh, its revenue. So, you know, there's a dis disproportionate amount of revenue in these repeat purchasers, in these loyal, uh, loyal customers. And the, the, goal behind any sort of retention program is to sustainably create those repeat purchasers and those loyal customers. Um, hopefully we can nurse them all the way from visitors to purchasers, purchasers to repeat purchasers, and then taking that even a step further to brand advocates where, you know, someone who has spent a lot at your store and they love your brand, uh, hopefully they can refer and, and find more people like them to shop at your brand. Uh, whether that's through a referral program or, you know, sharing on social or anything like that. Yeah. And that's really kind of the, I mean, the, the ultimate win is when you have some uh, very powerful, very passionate brand advocates. And so I want to dig into referral programs later. I think that'll be a fun topic to dive into and, and explore because we, uh, I think every merchant needs to consider that and look at that. And, and, you know, I know one of the other stats that is always thrown out and it's 100% true, you know, it's always more expensive to create a new customer than it is to, you know, continue the relationship with an existing customer. And I think it's also worth noting that, that sometimes, you know, if you've got a really close competitor or there are some other options that people could choose, it may be the rewards program that causes them to ultimately stick and stay with you versus someone else. I know just to use kind of an offline example, there's a few online components, but uh, I eat out uh, for lunch a decent amount where our office is located. There are lots of options. Uh, big Mexican fan, love Qdoba and Chipotle, both. Uh, probably give a slight edge to Chipotle in terms of flavor. I like the flavor a little better, but <laughs> Q, uh, but Qdoba gives free chips when you order the bowl, which is awesome. But then they also have a, a rewards program uh, which they actually just recently revamped and it's now confusing. And I don't like it as much, but but <laughs> in, in its old form, it actually caused me to go there a lot more than I went to Chipotle, even though I like the taste of Chipotle just slightly better. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sometimes you underestimate the power of these these programs. Totally. It's, it's, it's another reason, another part of that customer's experience. Um, and I like to break things down into two types of, of factors uh, for a customer experience. One is 
the hygiene factors, uh, and these are th- and they're called hygiene factors because they're things that you need to do, right? You need to brush your teeth, you need to take a shower, um, but if you do those, it's expected of you, and no one's going to give you a pat on the back. At least I've right. never got a pat on the back <laughs> for brushing my teeth or taking a shower. Maybe when you were four. Uh, uh, yeah. Maybe when I was four, yeah. Um, but and so th- so those are hygiene factors, and there and there are hygiene factors for any business. Um, you know, for an e-commerce business, it's having a site that works and having, you know, a, a simple checkout and having good product images. These are things that are expected. They're table stakes for e-commerce. Um, so, you know, if you're doing those things, um, then you need to start looking at what are the things that go above and beyond my customer's expectations in order in order to give that, that experience. Because uh, experiences are really just the difference between our expectations and reality. And so if you're meeting all of my expectations, that's great. If you're covering all of those hygiene factors, that's great. But I'm not going to experience an emotion like delight. And and that's that's exactly what uh, the next type of factors are. They're called delight factors. And they're things that go above and beyond my expectations. And rewards program is one of those things that helps people go above, helps brands go above and beyond a consumer's expectations to deliver that emotional response, which is hopefully delight or, you know, any, any form of like contentness, happiness, smiling, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. And to use the, the same restaurant analogy, you know, I expect the food to be hot and, you know, to not have stuff in it like hair or something. And, or, you know, I expect to be at least get somewhat courteous, uh, service. So, you know, those are the minimums, but ideally I'd like to get some free chips or some free other stuff thrown in there. Yeah. Which, which adds to the delight factor. I, I like how you laid that out there. Well, let's talk about, you know, let's say we're, we're creating a loyalty program. What are some of the important steps required to building a successful rewards program? So I'd say the number one is knowing your audience, right? Um, it's, it's knowing your audience, knowing the, the customers that you are designing this for. Um, and, and I don't mean that, you know, generally speaking, knowing your customers, I, I mean, no, looking at your customers and looking at the ones that are going to become repeat purchasers or the ones that already are and knowing what makes them tick, what makes them as people, um, excited. And, uh, I've, we've launched thousands of, of loyalty programs, about 15,000 loyalty programs. Um, you know, I've myself have been involved in hundreds of them and, and knowing that audience and knowing what makes them tick and knowing what makes, what will, what will be a good motivator, a good reward for them is, is extremely important because at the end of the day, it is, is an, it's an exchange, right? If, if a, a customer is doing things that are valuable for us, uh, then we're going to reward them with something in exchange. And and everything kind of goes back to that motivator, um, that thing that will deliver that smile for them. So if you if you have a very good motivator, a good reward, that will pull a a program along. Um, you know, once you have the fundamentals created, um, then it it comes down to promoting it. So making sure that, you know, it's just like any marketing promotion, really, um, just getting the word out there making sure that people know about it, um, doing some press if possible and everything. So, um, and these can go hand in hand sometimes too. Um, one of our clients, uh, they, uh, they actually have a rewards item that is a mini Cooper. So if you have a million points, you could get a mini Cooper. Um, and that kind of, that got them press actually, right. By having something so unexpected, uh, they were covered in the press and their customers love it. And it, it may not ever be rewarded, but it's cool to think that there's a rewards program for what is actually a, uh, a makeup and, uh, a nail paint, uh, nail polish, uh, merchant, you know, that has nothing to do with, with, 
Mini Coopers at all, but it's an amazing motivator. And they knew their customers enough to be able to offer that reward and get them excited about the program. Yeah, but they probably did some research or, or talked to customers or, or just knew that, you know, Mini Cooper may be a better reward than uh, a station wagon or uh, not that they make those anymore, I don't guess, but or a minivan <laughs> or something like that. Like the Mini Cooper was cool and that, and that fit the that fit the, the audience. Now, I'm just curious, was that more of uh, a push for press and kind of a little bit gimmicky? I mean, is the million points so unachievable that it will never happen? Or is it like, well, maybe a super, super, super user uh, could could conceivably get that many points? Yeah. I mean, if if someone over the course of their lifetime, let's say that they only shop at this one store and let's say that they use a lot of nail polish, uh, it's conceivable within the span of years. Um, but um, it, it's really just the, it's really the thought of offering more than just discounts. Uh, yeah. uh, discounts are, 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 you know, they're the most common way of rewarding people and, and they're effective for a lot of customer segments. But it's it's the mentality of thinking beyond that and thinking of our customers as people that have other motivators, that have other aspects of their life. Um, you know, they're not just purchasing products at a price. You know, we're not just a vending machine. That's not the relationship that we have with them. We understand them more. And this is one of the things that we can include in our catalog to show that we understand them. Got it. Got it. So getting the right reward. So here's the right offer or incentive that, that's part of this loyalty program. And then properly promoting it, marketing it, getting the word out so that people know, you know, why they should take part. Exactly. So. Awesome. Makes sense. Um, so any, any tips you would give to someone on, okay, I want to either create a, a new rewards program from scratch or I want to revamp the rewards program we have. Um, and, and actually maybe, maybe this would be a better question to kind of lead into that. What, what are some of the mistakes you see? Uh, this might actually be a, a better backdrop. Mistakes you see for, for rewards programs that don't work. Right. So one of the the biggest mistakes I see um, is just being way too cheap. Right. So so just just really not giving customers a lot in exchange for for the things that they're doing. Um, and by cheap you mean stingy. Like not you're not you're not uh, offering uh, yeah. much in, in way of reward. Yeah. 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 You're you're not giving a lot back in exchange for the value that customers are giving you uh, in return. And and again that goes back to being an effective motivator. If we don't have things that are effectively motivating customers to change their behavior, they're not going to change their behavior. And uh, one of the ways that, that that doesn't happen is if is if you're a little bit cheap on the on the things that uh, that you're offering customers in exchange. Um, that's often when when a merchant doesn't believe in the loyalty program or doesn't really invest in it. That that's often one of the things that we need to. Uh, to really dissuade them from from doing. Um, other than that, I'd say it's really promoting it. Um, a lot of people think this is a set it and forget it kind of a thing, but this is a, a fundamental way of changing your business if you're launching one for the first time. Um, this is this is a very different way of looking at customers, and if you don't treat it that way, if you think that you can just set it up, turn it on, and it will kind of do its thing, um, you're, you're going to have a, a bad surprise at the, at the end of a few months. Um, it's just like any marketing promotion. It's just like any core part of your business, you need to make sure that you're constantly promoting it, constantly getting it in front of customers, tying it into different parts of your business so that if a customer calls up to place an order, for example, you know, let's look at their rewards program status and let's see if they're a gold 
tier customer, or let's see if they have points in their account that they could spend, or let's see if they've referred anyone in the past and, and maybe let's ask them to do that. So these are examples of ways that we can involve our rewards program in every element of our business to make sure that it's successful. Yeah. Any tips on how to create that, that proper reward or proper incentive so that you're not, you know, the equivalent of the, the bank offering, you know, a pin if you open a, an account or something like that, you know, yeah. promotional pin with, with the bank's logo on it too, you know, so it's super exciting. But any tips on how do you, how do we brainstorm? How do we come up with, with and then know that, hey, this incentive or this reward is actually going to motivate our customer? Yeah, so I think uh, really understanding them as people and what do they do when they're not purchasing from us, right? What kind of, what, what would they do with their friends? What kind of things would they do in their free time or on weekends, right? That's a really good place to start because we know that that's, those are things that make them happy. Those are things that make them smile. How can we incorporate those things into our business and, and help get that association between between the things that make them smile and, and our rewards program. Uh, and then secondly is, you know, just let's keep it fresh. Let's keep updating things. Um, you know, a rewards program, just like, just like any sort of digital marketing program, um, you know, we need data and we need, we need to test things out. So let's constantly add new things to our rewards catalog or new, new experiences for our customers and see what works and, and see what they really love. What are they tweeting about? Uh, you know, what, what are they all spending their points on or, or, or what are they moving towards unlocking? Um, and if that, if that's working, let's double down on it and, exp- and explore that avenue and see what other kind of rewards in that fashion we can, we can offer. Talk about some of your favorite successful rewards programs. So other than the Mini Cooper, which, which is, you know, press worthy and generates a buzz and, and pretty cool, also not attainable for the the average user, what, what are some of your favorite examples of, of really just powerful rewards programs? So uh, I'd say that um, one that I really like uh, is a small retailer uh, out of Toronto. Um, they're called Inkbox and we power their rewards tribe. And so Inkbox, what they do is uh, basically kind of temporary tattoos that last a little bit longer than a a regular temporary tattoo. Um, So, you know, the potential here for repeat purchase is very high. Um, You know, it's a product that uh, is uh, replenishable um, and it's something where it's consumable. So, you know, if we can retain those customers, it's very valuable. Um, it's, and it's, we, the, it's the two week tattoo. It looks like this is very exactly. cool. This is very yeah. cool. Checking this yeah, out. Yeah, it's, right it's it's really cool. So if you ever want to test drive a tattoo before before you get one, you know, I'd recommend this. Or if you if you ever want a tattoo, but you know maybe you get bored of things really easily, this is a great solution for you too. Yeah, that's always um, been that's always been you know one of my reasons for not getting a tattoo is I'm just like man, I, I think about the the shirts or something I liked ten years ago that I don't like now. What are the <laughs> odds that I'm going to actually get a tattoo that I like? Two years from now, you know, uh, let alone fifteen or something. So, yeah, and this is this is perfect for you. Um, so we power their their tribe is what they call it. So I mean, already they're they're really taking a different approach to it, where it's like you're part of our tribe, you're part of our our family, um, and they have a they're running a loyalty program where there's points involved as well as a tiered program, um, where there are different perks that are involved uh, that that you kind of level up from villager to explorer to chief. Um, uh, based on the number of points that you've earned over your lifetime. And then there's also a referral component as well, where you can uh, earn some points for referring your friend. Um, and what I really like about this program is that, again, they're a smaller retailer. They're not, they're not massive, but they're doing a good job. Um, and the, the rewards that they're offering are great. Um, 
and and I'll get into kind of the the uh, results they saw, but I love what they're offering. Um, one thing is that if you unlock the second tier, which is their Explorer tier, um, you get unique artwork on on every order that is sent to you. So someone will do some sort of a custom drawing or some sort of uh, a custom uh, uh, like a painting on a piece of paper or on your order and send that out with you. And that's completely custom for you. Right. So I think that's just such a cool way of, of, you know, changing that customer's experience based on them being in a certain level. Very cool. Very cool. And, uh, yeah. Did you want to actually chat about some of the, the results and some of the things that you're, you're, you're seeing with the, the program? I mean, is, is it, obviously it sounds like it's, it's proven to, to, push someone from one level of the tribe on, on up to the, the next. Yep. Yeah. So what, what I liked about this one is, again, that it was a, a, a small retailer and they actually had some issues getting customers coming back and making repeat purchases. I think a lot of people would try these out, but few of them would come back and, and try it again. They would just forget. They just basically didn't have a retention program in place. Um, and so we implemented this program um, and within one month, uh, we increased their repeat purchase rate by 80%. Wow. We saw 70,000 people sign up for this for this program. Um, and in a month, it generated a million dollars in incremental revenue from these, these rewards program members. So I think it was, you know, this is a game-changing move for this business. They, they treated it as such. They offered some great rewards, and they really incorporated it in all elements of their business. Um, and it, the results kind of really, really changed the way they operate. Yeah, it's phenomenal. And, and it does make sense. You know, if you order a, a two week tattoo, super fun, you know, not necessary at all for your life, right? There's not going to be necessarily this event coming in the future that's going to remind you, oh, I got I to gotta get another tattoo. Um, so I, I totally see how having the, the incentive and the reminder to buy again uh, definitely you know, paid off in this case. That makes a ton of sense. Um, what are what are some of the recommendations you would give for proper promotion, right? So we talked about you know kind of some of the the good incentives, um, but but how would you properly then promote a rewards program? Right. So uh, I mean, the, the the simple conventional ways we're looking at uh, you know emails to all of our our customers, making sure that they know about the program uh, for our best customers. Maybe we'll give them an email before everyone else so that they know about it and that maybe they can start engaging with the program and, and we can make some tweaks before we fully launch the program. Um, we like doing soft launches where we will actually launch the program without telling every single customer, get some data and then slowly layer th some things on to that based on the data that we, that we collect and then fully promoting it. Um, so a lot of work goes into pre-promotion uh, to make sure that you know we're working on our messaging, we're working on the program itself graphics and everything. Uh, but, you know, once we have that, uh, definitely emails to all of our customers uh, and, and potential customers. Uh, we should have a banner uh, somewhere on the homepage or, you know, if you have that style of homepage, making sure that we have graphics that really uh, that really highlight the program and, and announce it. Um, if you if you are doing any press, this is this is a good opportunity to to, you know, talk to your press contacts again and make sure that they know about it. Um, and you know, it's really just like any marketing promotion, making sure that it gets out there. Um, and then again, keeping it fresh. Um, so making sure that we're constantly changing the program and improving it and just adding 
different ways to earn uh, rewards or to or different rewards to spend spend your points on or to unlock. Uh, making sure that you're keeping that fresh and the messaging that goes along with that, letting existing program members know about those changes, uh, it's really important. Any any tips on on how to keep it fresh? So you know how to keep those rewards and the message and everything. You know, keeping someone interested. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'd say, um, you know, build a roadmap. And a lot of merchants want to do every single thing that we can offer um, (laughs) right away. And so I would say let's let's launch in stages, right? So let's plan out a one-year roadmap where you know maybe next week uh, or next month we're going to offer social rewards. Uh, where you know we, we can give you some rewards for sharing on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, and then after that, maybe let's roll out some Instagram rewards. So we're just constantly layering on top of the program. Um, one really good way to do that is maybe to start with a referral program, uh, add a loyalty program on top of that that includes points. Um, and then after you have that launched out and all of those components launched out, layering a VIP program on top of that where um, – you know, based on your customer status and, and the things that you've done and your participation in those referral and loyalty programs, you can kind of get leveled up from bronze to silver to gold kind of a thing or however you want to structure your tiers. And we can start, you know, really keep keeping the program fresh, but also creating some exclusivity, making sure that there are things that only certain customer groups can get. And there's certain status and certain certain uh, like exclusive experiences that they'll get that others won't. Um, as a way to keep the program fresh. And it, 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 there's always something to kind of level up to. Gotcha. And, and is that usually a, a progression you would recommend where you go referral, reward, and then VIP? Is that is that a pretty typical progression? Th- that's a typical, typical progression. I'm not going to recommend it for every merchant because for some merchants, a points program might not be a good fit. Um, you know, a lot of them uh, might just stop at the referral program and we'll just keep it a referral program. Um, a lot of them want a VIP program without points. So it, it really is merchant dependent. But generally speaking, across all of our clients, that's a that's a progression that we, we definitely see. People like to start with a referral program because that's a really quick, easy win. You, you already have some people that love your products and your brand. Let's give them the tools and the incentive to get more people like them shopping with you. Uh, and then, you know, we'll layer on some more retention pro- retention-focused programs like a VIP program or a points program. Got it. Got it. Recommendations for how you create a referral program, like, like w- some of the mechanics of that in terms of what you offer, when you ask for the referral, things like that. And then any great examples of a company who's just rocking it with the referral program? Yep. So I'd, I'd say that uh, the first thing you need to consider is what is what is the the best incentive for me to get someone to refer their friend, um, and you know it, it, this really depends a lot on what you're selling. Um, if you're selling a grand piano, the incentive for that is very different than someone who's selling T-shirts, right? Um, that, that's an item that can only be purchased once. So discounts are kind of out of the question because we know that you're probably not going to be motivated by a 10% discount on your next grand piano, right. unless you're some sort of crazy grand piano collector. I don't know. Very but, few of those, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it depends a lot on, uh, yeah, on that motivator because that is the driving force behind every, every action that we're, we're going to ask a customer to take in this, in this sense, it's, uh, for the referral. So, you know, once we establish that, um, it's then making sure that it's in front of the right people. Um, the, the places that you'll want this to be are 
definitely, you know, on any sort of order confirmation emails, order check, uh, order success pages, um, in emails that go out maybe 30 days after a successful order has been shipped. Um, anyone that's, uh, you know, done a five star review, this is a good person for us to ask to, to refer their friend, you know, any, any sort of those cues and, and, and making sure that we have those, the right timing on when to ask someone for a referral. That's really important. Um, and, and just making sure that again, it's in all parts of the business. So, uh, if someone calls in or if someone emails support, we want to make sure that we're asking them for a referral if they have a great experience or if they love the products. Yeah. And so, and so what are those, those triggers that, that you look for when, Hey, let, let's ask for a referral now. So, I mean, w- would you recommend that, that we ask everybody that makes a purchase? So purchase confirmation or 30 days after we're going to send that request for referral, or is it only after someone leaves a review or does that just vary from business to business? It, it does vary a lot. Um, if you if you have a product that can only be purchased once, generally speaking, you're going to be asking most people who've purchased yep. that. Um, an, a way that's a really good way to kind of further segment that to make sure that you're not asking the wrong people is yeah. If anyone's ever left a review, or if you're doing what's called a net promoter uh, survey, yep. where you know post purchase you're sending people on a scale of zero to ten how likely they are to refer a friend uh, or family member to this business or recommend this business to a family uh, or a friend. And so if someone rates a nine or 10, that's really simple. Let's just bring them to our referral page. And uh, instead of clicking nine or 10 and that's it, it's over, you know, let's get them to the referral page. Cause this is very clearly a brand advocate that we want, that we can use to help promote the brand and give them something of value in exchange. Yeah. And I love the net promoter score system. Just a quick plug, plug for that. We've used that in our business. It's a great way to get kind of right, cut cut out the BS of normal surveys and just get right to the point of would you refer us or not? Um, and that's a great way for you to see how you're doing and, and what kind of level of service you're providing. There's maybe, you know, one follow-up question you can ask to, to maybe get better feedback. But but then it totally makes sense if someone is off the charts, you know, uh, that they love you or that they would be considered a promoter, then why not just say, hey, let me, let's make it easy. Here's Here's how you can refer a friend right now. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's something that I recommend every merchant do is, is turn on some sort of net promoter score survey. Um, going back to the hygiene and delight factors. Um, if anyone rates from zero to six, uh, they are what's called a, a detractor. They had a bad experience. And if you ask after that rating, if you ask them why they rated that way, you're going to find out really quickly those hygiene factors that you need to solve in order to get them further along in their customer journey towards being a happy brand advocate. Um, so that's that's a really good way to identify all of your hygiene factors and what you need to improve on to make sure that you're meeting customers' expectations. And then anyone that's in that nine and ten group, same thing except the opposite. These are these are these are delighted delighted customers. Uh, they're brand advocates. And if we find out what has caused them to feel that way, you know, maybe it was a support rep going above and beyond. Maybe it was a great rewards program. Uh, you know, whatever that experience is, this is a really good way for you to identify um, what kind of experiences customers need to go through in order to become a brand advocate. And and once we've created them, then, you know, it's a perfect time for us to ask them to use the tools and that we've created to help them refer friends. Love it. And hey, uh, you're just a, a little bonus on the podcast today. We're talking rewards, but a little net promoter score uh, uh, bonus there for everybody. So I like that. I like that. Um, 
Uh, any suggestions on incentives for the referral program piece? Because it's it's critical there to get a good incentive. But any, any suggestions there? And then anybody that you've paid attention to that's doing that really well? Right. So I'd, I'd say the incentive, again, goes back to the product that you're selling um, and the possibility for repeat purchase. So if 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 you do have the possibility for repeat purchase, then, you know, let's go with a discount or free shipping or something like that. Um, something that works well for almost every merchant is a free gift. Um, that gift could be your product or it could be something completely unrelated to your product. Um, one example that I really like is they're called Bottle Keeper. Um, and they basically sell a way for you to keep a beer bottle cold um, and also discreet. So if you're on the beach or something like that and you'd like to have a beer, um, you can put it inside of a bottle keeper and you know that it'll stay cold and you're not going to get some dirty looks. It looks like the just beach. a stainless steel water bottle. I'm looking at it right now on, on the, the site. So yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's uh, it, it looks normal. And, and so this is a product that that normally um, you'd only really buy one of, right? Uh, you'd purchase it once and that's about it as far as customers go. Um, but they have uh, on their site, you'll see it at the very bottom, there's a banner and also it's in their menu. Um, they have a call to action that says, want a free bottle keeper. And they've got a rewards program in place that really heavily focuses on the referral aspect. And so basically once a customer purchases a bottle keeper, we'll ask them if they want a free one uh, in addition to the one they've purchased. Um, and if they refer a friend, we're, we're going to give them enough points to get a free bottle keeper, basically. And what's great about this is that you wouldn't necessarily think that someone would purchase two bottle keepers. But if you're telling me that I can get one for free, clearly I already like this product and I would, I would like another free one. All I have to do is refer a friend. Um, and that was a really successful program for them. Uh, customers love it. And they've taken this product that is normally purchased once and that's it into uh, almost like they built in the price of a free bottle keeper into the existing bottle keeper sale that they're getting out of a customer. And, and it's just this engine that is churning out new customers. Um, it's, it's a great way. It's they're actually the price of this bottle keeper from their cost standpoint is actually lower than their average CPA on something like Google AdWords or, or uh, Facebook ads or anything like that. So it's really a win-win. They're getting new customers. Existing customers are happy because they have double bottle keepers and they're getting the other one for free. Um, they've seen a 300 increase, 300% uh, increase in the number of customers that are ordering two bottle keepers. Um, their bounce rates decreased by 32%, their conversion rates increased by 13%, and their average time on site is up by about 15% as well. So, you know, the metrics look really good for this referral program. Um, and it's a really simple program, but they've they've really done a, a good job of making sure that it's in all of the right places. Yeah, that's that's really cool. And it makes sense that that would work. And, and also, you know, you I, I guess you want to be careful when you're when you're creating a rewards program, or referral program that you're not... Um, you know, discouraging someone from buying that may have paid full price or something like that. But in this case, they knew their numbers. They knew that, hey, people usually just purchased one of these. And now, you know, we can give them another one, build that into our cost structure, but also get a referral in, in the process, which uh, I think is just is just super, super smart. And one of the things that, that I think people overlook, and I'd be curious to see how much you run into this, Steve, is that people maybe think about the cost of a referral program or rewards program and they just, they nitpick it um, without considering, and you, you brought up this point a second ago, without considering that 
any other new client acquisition effort you go through, whether it's Google AdWords or Google Shopping or or Facebook ads or something on Amazon or whatever, there's a cost associated with that too. Often the cost of a referral program is less or equal to what you'd pay in other channels, right? Absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's such an easy win for so many, for so many merchants. That's why we start out with referral programs with a lot of our merchants. It's because it's just a very easy turnkey program. Um, it's your, your CPA, I, I will guarantee in, you know, like 80% to 90% of, of the time, your CPA will be lower than something like, you know, definitely uh, Google AdWords or, or Facebook ads. And it's not necessarily one, you know, customer acquisition and paid acquisition versus retention. They, they play together. Uh, most merchants, they dedicate less than 20% of their budget to retaining customers, despite the fact that these customers are, are much more valuable and it costs less to retain them than it does to get a new one. Um, they spend very little on, on this. And, and these two, these two things play together. Uh, I've seen a lot of our merchants complaining about rising cost of, uh, of AdWords and, and paid ads, especially on, uh, on social and, uh, and Google. Um, so this kind of plays together where, you know, if you can't afford ads in the, in your, at your current CPA, maybe you need to make those customers that you're receiving more valuable in order to afford that and to, to kind of play with the competition on those paid channels. And one of the ways to do that is to put a rewards program in place so that we know that our CLVs will increase. Each customer that we acquire will be worth more and therefore we can spend a little bit more to acquire them. So it's, it's really these two, these two aspects of our business play together. And it's often the case where merchants are spending not enough on, on that retention component in order to feed the acquisition, especially paid acquisition component. Yeah, it may feel kind of counterintuitive to say that, hey, if your cost per acquisition is going up on some of your traditional paid channels, that investing in a rewards program or referral program can actually help you be able to justify that that higher CPA. And uh, it's interesting, I, I can't remember who I heard this from first, it may have been Ryan Dice or Dan Kennedy, I, I don't know, but but you know this this idea that he who can, or, or the person that can spend more upfront to acquire a customer can win, right? The person that can justify it and has the ability to spend more to get a customer will win because you, you can beat your competition pretty easily that way. And, and you know, I, I, don't, I don't foresee a day for most merchants where you can say, well, we're just going to have to shut off AdWords or, or we can't do anything socially because it's too expensive. Probably not going to work. There may be some, some uh, you know, content marketing or some other things you can do, but a lot of those channels are kind of necessities for most merchants. So layering in these referral programs, reward programs, allow you then to spend what you need to spend to drive those, those new customers. Yeah, absolutely. And another component too that you're seeing, uh, especially now, is the number of people that are using something like an ad blocker um, or just the fact that people have kind of you know banner blindness or, or ad blindness. Um, that's increasing, right? And, and and again, I agree with you. I don't think you can ever shut these channels off. I, I think they're they're a necessity, um, but the, their effectiveness uh, seems to be at risk, uh, yep. especially with with you know uh, things like ad blockers, where customers aren't even seeing these ads. I think uh, I think it's something like forty percent of people on Google Chrome have an ad blocker installed. So you know it's it's significant, and that's and the trend is is not looking uh, great. So at, at the very least, as a business, you want to try and get some more channels, especially on the referral side of things, 
um, and definitely increase your LTV of each customer so that you you can continue to spend more to acquire these customers because I don't I don't foresee uh, the cost of ads going down anytime soon. No. And what's good about referral programs is that they cut, especially on social networks, they cut through that noise. Uh, this is not a paid ad. It's not, it can't be blocked. Um, it's, it's actually trusted. It's the highest trusted form of advertising is a referral from someone that, you know, Nielsen does a study on this, uh, every three to four years or so. And, uh, consistently year after year referrals, is the highest rated uh, form of advertising in terms of trust. So this is just another channel that's going to cut through all of the noise, cut through all of the ads of your competitors. If it, you know, it's, it's going to be your customers referring their friends, and that's extremely trusted. It's extremely valuable. Great. Steve, what are some of the, the new trends, kind of the, the new technologies, new things you see on the horizon? Where, where is this industry going, this rewards and, and referral industry? So I'm, I'm definitely seeing a lot of people incorporate VIP programs uh, in, into their into their pro existing program or just running a, a VIP program as is, where we have different unlocked benefits and experiences. Um, experiences seem to be getting launched more and more often. And by experiences, I mean, you know, there's there's maybe like a private event for your VIP members or uh, for your top tier customers. Um, sometimes it's something like a, maybe a, if I'm a, a supplement retailer, uh, that's selling protein and stuff like that. Um, I've seen some of them do things like Skype sessions with bodybuilders, mm -hmm. right? These, these are not your traditional rewards that are being offered their experiences. And I think that with the shifting demographic of shoppers, you know, being moving more towards millennials, um, and younger customers, I think they value experiences a little bit higher. Um, the same goes with social status. Um, this is again kind of playing into the VIP uh, uh, programs, but uh, social status seems to be extremely important. Where you know I have things that other people don't necessarily have. Um, I, I have access to these new products, or I have access to um, you know items on sale before everyone else does, and that's something that is notable and it kind of elevates my social status, and I feel good about that. Um, because I can brag to my friends about it and maybe I can bring them along and, and I'm, I'm providing an experience for them that they otherwise wouldn't have had. So that's another component of programs that I'm really seeing a lot of retailers take interest in. Uh, and I think that you're going to see a lot more of those over the coming years. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, well, Steve, how, how can someone get in touch with you? So, so first of all, maybe just a quick, you know, why would someone want to consider Smile? Uh, for their referral and reward and VIP programs, and then how can they learn more about you? Right. So if uh, you know if you're selling online and you don't have any sort of customer retention program, uh, definitely get in touch with us. If you go to smile.io, uh, that's our website. Um, you know you can you can chat with us directly on the website. Um, and we also have some really good resources that are available there as well. We are we invest quite heavily in content marketing. Uh, we have ebooks, we have case studies, uh, and uh, we can even do an ROI calculation for you on the website to help you show the value of running a retention program. So definitely check us out at smile.io uh, and get in touch with us there. Awesome. Yeah, and highly recommend it. The case studies are great. The information is good. There's some some good uh, articles and things you should check out there. So fantastic. Uh, Steve, thank you so much, man. This has been Really good. I'm, I'm a huge believer in retention programs. I think every merchant has to consider it. 
and think about what makes sense for them. So really appreciate your time today. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show, Brett. It's always fun to talk. Cheers. Absolutely. And for everyone else out there, thank you for tuning in as always. Uh, Let us know what you'd like to hear more of, less of. Uh, We'd love your review on iTunes as always. And with that, thank you for tuning in. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session, or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.